would you consider your life peaceful right now? No. Not at all. <laughs> Could you say that your life is peaceful? In today's age, I think it's very difficult for anyone to find peace. Would you consider your life peaceful? No. <laughs> job, the job is really stressful, so overall, no, but uh, I try to do what I can to get by. So, Tell me three things that worry you. Um, when the world is going to end, what I'm going to be doing in the next few years, who am I marry? I think that worries me. Okay. Where does peace come from? Uh, inside, I think. For me, the ocean, because it's a place that I um, connect with myself, just in the how big it is and how, like, I don't know, permanent. Where does peace come from? Uh, peace comes from being totally happy with yourself and your decisions. Um, you can't totally be happy if you have questions in your mind, and that's where I think total peace comes from. Where does peace come from? Within, in the heart, from love, from friends and family. Members. Basically, that's where I find peace. Would you consider your life peaceful right now? No, um, because there's too much killing and violence and stuff going around. I mean, you can't even, like, like back in the old days, you can leave your door open and, you know, people wouldn't say too much and then um, um, people kidnapping and stuff, so I don't, I don't think it's peace. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Name three things that worry you. Um, I'd have to say also STDs, uh, flunking out of school, and going to heaven. Going to heaven worries you? It, well, what worries me is not going there. <laughs> so where do you find peace? At home, on my couch. Watching sports, baseball, football, that sort of stuff. Where does peace come from? Peace comes from relaxation, friends, family. Would you consider your life peaceful right now? Very. Have a good weekend. Thank you, you too. Where does peace come from? I can't, it comes from inside. Where do you think peace comes from? Uh, within. Where does peace come from? I think you have to make your own peace. Where does peace come from? Uh, inside, I think. Where does peace come from? Within. Where do you think peace comes from? Where do I think? Oh, I know where peace comes from. Okay. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, I think the Bible teaches it best. You know, Jesus said something. He said, the peace I give, not like the world gives. You know, I think it's found in the book of John. So the peace that people really need, which I think is the lasting peace, comes from knowing God, not just God, but having a connection with faith in Christ Jesus, and uh, I think that's what many people miss. I found that, and I think it works. Um, I've lived that life for some years now, and I think it's a true word that Jesus spoke. So that's where peace comes from. So, what do you think our topic is today? Any guesses? Joy? No. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about peace today, obviously, and and we've been. Uh, if you're if you're uh, new with us today. Uh, or if you're just getting back from vacation, we're on this uh, summer kind of a little bit more of a relaxed look. We're just kind of trying to take a satisfying drink of God 
And you know, it's just kind of like uh, kind of like when you're out in summer and you're running in the heat, and you just get home and you just have a nice cool drink, or if you're if you've been on vacation and you've been looking at the Great Lakes, or you've been looking at mountains or beauty. You know, sometimes you just soak that in. Well, this summer we're just taking a look at the names of God, how he how he named himself, how he described himself, how he revealed himself to tell us who he is, because the reality in our life is is a lot of times we have views of God that are that are skewed. We, we think of God as we think he should be. And it's just so important for us to know who God really is in our life so we don't get caught in religion and all sorts of other sick things that suck the life out of us. So, but there are a couple things that stood out to me. One, in that video, I, I hadn't seen this until the first service before. The, the gal who said, you know, peace comes from having all of your questions answered. Really? Now, this is a little easier to say, but because my wife isn't sitting on the front row here shaking her head up and down, agreeing with me so dramatically, but I don't think she understands me after 25 years and has all of her questions answered. Do we really, can we really only find peace when all of our questions are answered? I mean, is that really where peace comes from? What is it? What does it mean when they say, you know, and most of them said, peace comes from within. What does that mean? I mean, what does it mean? Does it mean if we meditate a bunch like Phil Jackson that we're going to be these peace gurus? And I'm not even sure that that could be an accurate statement about Phil Jackson. Even the stuff you hear about him in the, in the media tells me his life probably isn't all that peaceful. You know, many of us, if asked the question, is life peaceful for us, would probably respond the same as, as a couple of them in the video. Are you kidding me? Are you joking me? Life peaceful? There's so much stress going on in relationship. There's stress going on in family. There's stress going on at work. Peaceful? And I think even for many of us who would describe our lives as having a sense of peace, I think oftentimes, if you're like me, that peace all too often is a settling for a truce, a settling for a ceasefire in our life rather than real peace, the perfect peace that comes from God. We're going to take a look at the passage where God first uses the actual name, title about himself as being the God of peace. It's not the first time he revealed himself as being a peaceful God, but it's the first time he this title is actually used. And to do that, we have to go 1,150 years before the time of Jesus to this story about a guy named Gideon. And Gideon is, in a, is, is living at a time in Israel when Israel was being ransacked by its enemies. They had been in a time of disobedience and, and they'd been ransacked every, every harvest time. The enemy would come through and steal their harvest and what they couldn't steal and carry with them, they burned to leave them impoverished. And Gideon has this encounter with God. God appears to him, whether it's a true human form or whether it just looks like a human form, we don't know, but God appears to him. And Gideon realizes it's God and he's terrified. And God says this to him in Judges 6, 23. He says, But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it, The Lord is Peace. And the Hebrew word there is Jehovah Shalom. We've all heard the term Shalom. It means that his very nature, that God's very nature is peace. 
But what does that mean? What does peace mean? I mean, we heard it in the video. A lot of people really have a hard time describing what peace is. It's hard to pinpoint and hard to figure out. In the English word, we, we look at peace and it usually means something like an inner harmony or it just means an absence of hostility. But this word shalom is a, is a word that for centuries, ever since it's been first penned and used, has been a hard word to translate into other languages. This word shalom means, has the meaning of, of making something complete, of, of making it whole, of making it perfect, of, of experiencing this peace and this health and, and this safety and this tranquility. It, it includes all of those ideas, even this prosperity. And so when we think of the Jewish religious culture, you've probably heard that they greet with shalom and they say goodbye with shalom. What they're really saying is, may you experience peace, wholeness, rest and safety and harmony with God and with yourself and with others and even with nature around you. It's been a word that they struggle with. And so uh, many, many years ago, there was a Greek translation of the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew. And, the, and when they translated, they struggled with what word to pick. And the word that came closest to this meaning was the same word that in the Greek is for salvation. And they basically said, we need to use this word because this idea of shalom means that, that God is intent on saving every single aspect of who you are. Your relationships, everything restoring, mending proper order and relationship with God and with others and within. And as we see in, in this very passage in Judges, if you le- read the whole, whole part of it, it's, it's, it's a word that's a covenant word. A covenant means a contract. God made a contract with us, with humankind, saying, I am, you can rely on the fact that I am a God of peace. And we see that in Jesus. We see him being revealed to us as the Prince of Peace, being called the Prince of Peace. And and in this context of Gideon, we see God initiating coming to him and, and coming to him to show him that he's peace. But when we look at Jesus, not only does he come to Gideon's people because Gideon's people are crying out in desperation of their pain, saying, God, where are you? And he comes and shows them and says, I am peace to you. I will restore a wholeness, a completeness, a blessing in every area of your life. But, but we see Jesus coming to us even when we didn't ask for him to come. And that is really the ultimate description of this God who is peace, his very nature is it, and he wants us to experience it. You know, it's hard to describe peace. I was, I was talking with one person this last week about peace and, and their experience of it. And they said to me, you know, um, my first really intense experience with the peace of God happened to me at age 15. And they said, you know, prior to that time, I'd always been worried about, you know, I had to prove myself to God. I had to be good enough. I had to, if I sinned, I had to repent and always worry about whether God really loved me or not. And, and she said, at, at this point in my life, I discovered, I discovered that God loved me regardless. He loved me completely. And she, she described the feeling as, as this sense of overwhelming warmth coming across her, this, this, this deep sense of all of the worries, all the cares, all the pressure, all the stress of life just melting away and going away. Jesus talks to us about this piece in John 14, the same verse that the, the one guy on the video quoted in John 14:26, Jesus says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things 
and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then he goes on and says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let's examine this for a moment. When the people in the video were asked, where does peace come from? How do you find peace? They said things like, well, we go to, we go to the, to the ocean. We, we experience peace there. We, we watch TV. We spend time with family and friends. And they're talking about all temporary experiences. But Jesus says here, I don't give you peace as the world gives. It's not temporary. It's not something that comes and goes. I want to give you a peace that lasts, a peace that that in the context here, Jesus is talking to his disciples just a few hours before he's arrested, before he's going to be crucified, just a few hours before their world is going to be completely turned upside down and they're going to have every reason not to be peaceful. And he gives them this promise that my peace will not leave you. My peace is strong enough to be with you through any difficulty you face. He gives the promise ahead of time. Not only does he give a promise, but, but he says it's not, it's not just any kind of feeling you get. It's not, it's not this impersonal thing you pursue and find. It's, it's my peace. It's personal. You see, in this passage, he deliberately connects the idea of peace to the giving of the Holy Spirit. And he's basically sending, saying to us, when you want to, if you want to experience peace, you have to experience me, who I am. Receive my spirit living in you and you will receive this peace that is amazing. It's not something the disciples even knew to ask for. They're not sitting there asking for it at the time. In fact, in fact, in the very following verses to this, this, this section that we're not going to look at on the screen, it, it talks about how Jesus tells them, if you knew what this peace was like, then you would be rejoicing that I'm going away. If you knew how important this Holy Spirit living in you, this peace, this amazing thing that I want to give you is, you would actually rejoice that I'm leaving, that I'm going away. Peace comes from an experience of the very nature and presence of God. And out of this, throughout Christian history, has been a teaching about how we follow God, how we learn to be led by peace, it's called, in the Christian teaching how we follow peace, how we understand what God's will is saying to us. In a sense, in a sense his peace speaks to us and, and guides us in our, in our steps. And Paul says something very interesting about this to us that, that to me has been extremely helpful in my life in Philippians 4 in the same context of a passage we looked at last, year, last week. And he says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This has been one of the most helpful verses ever in my life. Now, let's look at it in the context of Paul. We already talked, if you were here last night, you already know, you may remember the context, but for those of you that weren't, Paul is writing this little short book of Philippians on joy and peace in a circumstance where he had every right to be anything but peaceful and joyful. Paul, at the time of writing this, is in prison. He's in chains 24 hours a day, guarded by a Praetorian guard, awaiting a trial, awaiting a trial in Rome. And, and you see him wrestling in this book, am I going to live or am I going to die? Am I going to be able to fulfill the dream and ministry that I have or am I not going to be able to fulfill it? And he's just wrestling with this thing in that. And, and, and the context of this, Paul describes this peace that makes no sense. Now, I'm not sure whether Paul really felt 
all feelings of peace or whether there, whether there was a sense of worry and attention, maybe even a little bit of stress associated with this. But, but here's what I know of how this has worked in my life. I look back at, at painful, difficult times in my life, challenging times, confusing times in my life. And even in the midst of feeling the tension of those times, even in the midst of feeling the whole range of emotion that goes along with those difficult, painful, confusing decisions, times of life, there was always this surrounding thing when I would get quiet. Even underneath all those confused feelings, there was this this undergirding sense of peace, This, this confidence that God is good. This, this feeling of confidence that God is there and it's going to work out. It's this peace that, that you can't explain, that, that does not make sense in the circumstances of what you're going through. And I remember making decisions based upon this, decisions that, that were steps that made me, that frankly just made me fearful at times and anxious. But I knew because there was this sense of peace associated with it, that it was God. And it proved to be so in those circumstances. Peace is the work of God. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring healing in you. He wants to bring healing between you and people. He wants to bring healing between nations and races and people. He illustrates this all throughout the Bible in so many amazing ways. One of the ultimate illustrations he gives of of the end of time, of the ultimate expression of peace is, is a lion and a lamb laying down together in comfort and peace with each other. And he talks to us in in Romans. Paul talks to us in Romans about this peace, saying, I want you to live, Christ wants you to live this life where there's no more condemnation, where you're not condemning yourself at all. Let's look back at Gideon some more because there's a little bit more to look at there. You know, the Lord comes to him and appears to him. And this is this is casual way. He just kind of walks up and sits under a tree. and, And Gideon at the time is actually threshing grain in a wine press. It's, it's grain season, not wine se- not grape season. And, and he's threshing grain in the, wine, in the wine press because he wants to hide from the Midian raiders coming so that they'll actually have food for the winter and won't be stolen, all their food be stolen. And, and God comes to him and addresses him this way. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I'm not sure Gideon felt like that at all. And, and then Gideon asks two of the most common questions that we ask in our life when we're facing difficulties surrounding trying to live in peace, trying to find peace. He says, not knowing yet that it's God, he says, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And that's question number one that we often ask. And then he asks the second question. He says, where are all his, God's wonders for our, that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? With many miracles, it's implied. But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. And the second question we often ask is, God, if, if you're really with us, if your peace is really here, then why is this not already resolved? Why, why have you not shown up in miracles and changed this in our life yet? And then God just simply says something to him that's actually one of my favorite statements as well in the whole, the whole Bible that brings us wholeness and peace. It goes on in the very next verse and says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I'm not sending, am I not sending you? Go in the strength you have. 
doesn't that go to the heart of a lot of our lack of peace in our life, a lot of the worry, a lot of the stress we have? Wondering whether we're, whether we're smart enough and good enough to succeed in the job God's given us? Wondering whether we're good enough to be good parents? Wondering whether we're going to be good enough and, and strong enough to, to accomplish this task or smart enough or caring enough to be a good husband or a good wife? Doesn't that, doesn't that same question, the question of our strength and our ability to perform in life go to the heart of our lack of peace? And God just says, go in the strength you have. And, and then he reveals himself as this God of shalom, which again, if you look at it, means complete. God's just saying, I'm okay with your brokenness, Gideon. I'm okay with your limitations. I'm okay with where you're at. Would you allow me to reveal myself to you as the God of peace, the God who completes you, the God who restores you, the God who brings health, the God who brings strength to you? Would you allow me to be the completion of your lack in strength and allow you to experience my very presence, peace? You know, talking with the person about their early experience of peace at 15, they quickly went on to say, you know, I, I, I experienced that for a short time, but it wasn't very long that I, I returned to picking up the worries and the cares of trying to be good enough, trying to perform, trying to, trying to make sure that I pleased God instead of just accepting the fact that he loved me. You see, it's so easy for us to pick up the burdens again. It's so easy for us to not, to leave, to, to not leave them down. And, and in so doing, we, we block God. We block His Holy Spirit. Paul says in another place that we quench His Spirit. We, we put up this roadblock to His Spirit, His very essence coming to us and giving peace because we fall back into these, these religious things and, and this cycle that much like the Israelites did that we, that we all struggle with. They, they, they find this sense of spiritual renewal in, in God. They, they experience His peace and His deliverance, which is, this is the story of Judges. The whole book of Judges is, is Israel going through this cycle over and over and over again. They have the sense of spiritual renewal where God blesses them and they sense His blessing and they sense His peace. And then for whatever reason, you know, to me, part of the reason probably is I think it's harder to handle success than it is, and have great faith than it is to, to be desperate and need great faith. I, I think there's a, there's a weight of, of success that makes it hard for us to handle sometimes. And, and, but then there's other times where, where we just do what this, this person did and we pick up all that religious stuff and say, okay, God, you gave me peace here, you gave me blessing here, but now I've got to earn it. I've got to perform and, and we pick up this whole ugly religion thing again instead of staying in peace or if you're smart you realize I can't perform you want to pick up that thing to perform and you say I can't perform so you just become rebellious because you know you can't ever measure up so why even try and we block the blessing of God and we quench the spirit of God and and it affects us in so many ways. It affects us in our marriages. It affects us emotionally. It affects us even sometimes in our, in our finances because we start spending money on things to, that we think will bring us peace that won't. And, and we get ourselves upside down in debt. And, and sometimes it just brings impoverishment in all areas of our life. And, and then for many of us, we, we cry out to God again and, and God comes. He's amazingly patient. He comes. 
But we go through the cycle. How many times have you gone through the cycle in your life? How many times has this played out when, when you as a parent felt, felt, felt and knew that you weren't spending the time with your kids that you should? You were allowing yourself to escape too much in areas and deal with stress in inappropriate ways. And so you, so you, you get back and you start, you know, discipling your kids in the Lord or you just start spending time with them and, and, and then, then you hit a wall again and you feel bad about it and you just go back to escaping and we just, we just go through this cycle or, or maybe you find yourself every now and then drinking too much to deal with the stress to try to find peace. And you get to the point where you realize that that's, that's messing with your life. It's destroying yourself. It's causing harm at your work. It's causing harm in your marriage. It's causing harm at home. So you decide to moderate your drinking or give it up. And, and then stress comes along or something comes along or you don't feel good about yourself. You feel like you're still not being good enough. And so you go back to it and, and you just do that cycle again. And sometimes it happens in our spending habits. We've got over 20 people in Financial Peace University. I think there's a reason why they put peace in the middle of it because because the Bible talks about debt as slavery. And some of us really get ourselves upside down in debt and we feel the weight of that slavery, the fear that that brings to our life, the instability, the uncertainty. So we decide to get our lives right. We join something like Financial Peace and we start to deal with it and get it right, but then... But then eventually we just we, we, we feel frustrated because our neighbors have something we don't have and we want to have that. We want to have that kind of joy or, or we just go out and deal with our emotions wrongly and we buy something to soothe our emotions and we get ourselves right back in the same thing. We, we go through this cycle all the time in our lives. Our lives are all too often like the guy in the video who said, peace is when I'm lying on the couch watching sports. That's not peace. That's like what we talked about last week when we talked about living wholehearted in the sense of joy and how so often we narrow ourselves in this range of emotion and block out the pain of the past and try to block out and escape from the worries of the future. But all we're really doing is, is living just in a piece of our heart. We're just trying to avoid life. We're, we're living life in a ceasefire or a truce. We're hiding from things instead of living fully alive in the present. How many times have you picked up the worries again? How many times have you picked up the need to perform for God again instead of trusting in who He is and experiencing His peace? You know, in the context of this passage we're looking at, God initiates. He comes to us. He pursues us, offering peace. And our response is simply to gratefully receive it and submit to it. And decide to follow. You see, living in the fullness of peace just simply involves two things. It involves accepting the presence of God when he comes to us. Choosing to give our lives to him and receive the gift of peace that he offers. And then it's just simply the second thing. It simply requires that we follow that peace. We obey it. We allow that peace, him, his very presence with us to lead us. But you know, my experience has been personally and, and with other people as well, that, the, that when I'm not connected to who I am, when I'm not aware of what's going on inside of me, the emotions of inside of me, when I'm not dealing with that honestly like we talked about last week and living wholeheartedly, that when I'm disconnected from myself, I, I'm disconnected from even sensing where that peace is and how to even follow it in my life. God wants our, our whole hearts to be with Him. 
you know, one of the key biblical ideas that we haven't talked about yet that deals with this idea of shalom is, 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 is it's often presented in the context of this peace is an exchange between God and us. It's an exchange between Gideon and God, and it's an exchange between God and us. And, and you know, I mentioned last week that, you know, I've been struggling with the idea of living not fully in the present. I've been struggling with the idea of not being as healthy as I want to be and, and dealing with past stuff and not allowing it to just be stuffed and come out in the wrong places and, 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 and to live wholeheartedly in joy. But, but part of that experience as well is, and, and is something that I've decided just to pursue even some counseling just to grow in. And this last week in, in the session, you know, we came back from vacation, and vacations are wonderful. Um, but, you know, it's, you, know you, you do this. This is life for you. You come back from vacation, and you, you're behind, you know? And then, in, so, so this, this last week was just a really stressful week. On top of that, you know, I was, I was in the VBS drama and involved in VBS, so I had four to five hours a day with VBS on top of doing the normal catch-up and the normal preparation and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm sorry if your kids think I'm a bad guy. It's because I was the bad guy in the drama. I'm not really a bad guy in life. Um, I did get parole to preach this morning, um, but I was arrested in the drama at the end of the week. And so a couple of them were going home and having trauma. Their pastor's a bad guy. Um, but in the midst of this last week, you know, one of the things that, that happened in counseling was that that uh, we were just talking about some stuff and talking about me, how I was, how aware I was of what was going on inside me, so I could deal with it more appropriately. And and uh, the counselor led me in this meditation. This just turned out to be this amazing experience. Of uh, she basically asked me to take the stuff we'd identified and exchange it for God's peace. You know, we've been talking a lot about inward lately. And there's going to be some more options for you to grow if you feel like some of the, what we talked about last week or this week relates to you, that you need to be more aware of what's going on. And that probably applies to every guy in here, um, most likely. It actually applies to most of us, most of the women too. There's going to be some opportunities, or intentional opportunities for you to grow coming up. We've got something called the Inward Journey. I apologize, that's the first time we've done it, done the Inward Journey here, so it's going to be limited enrollment in that, so we may or may not have enough this time around for everybody who wants to be involved in it to be in it and we also have the transformation services that are months and months starting again in august and the topic for those for a couple months is going to be helping us go inward and experience jesus making that exchange of peace with us in a lot of different areas of our life there's going to be intentional things that we do there i want to ask you and invite you it's not going to be quite the same that my counselor did with me this last week but but I want to invite you right now, you know, um, to make that exchange in your life. You know, so I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind just going with me, trusting, trusting, going with me in a meditation and a visualization. So if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes. Um, if you've been with us before, we've done this a couple times in the last couple months. If you haven't, don't worry. I'm going to explain what's going on so you're going to be able to be fully engaged. And I want you to just picture in your mind with your eyes closed a, uh, some place that you would determine is safe. Some place where you're just relaxed. It's a place that's replenishing to you. Uh, maybe it's a real place. Maybe it's a room you go to. Maybe it's a chair you go to. Uh, or maybe it's a made-up place. Uh, for me, a lot of, most of the time when I do this, it's, it's, it's just this beautiful mountain lake that I go to because mountain lakes have been some of the most replenishing places and, for me in life. So I want you to 
Just take a moment and picture that place. Look around at it. Just experience it for a second. Now I want you to see Jesus coming into that picture with you, into that place with you. It doesn't matter. Maybe you'll be able to see his face. Maybe you just see him in the shadow off the side. Maybe he's behind you. Maybe he's right in front of you, beside you. I don't know. Just picture him coming in. Allow him to come into the place with you. Just invite him. Say, Jesus, come. Enjoy that for a second. Now I want you to ask Jesus a question. Just say, Jesus, what do you want me to give you that blocks your peace in my life? And trust the answer that comes to mind. What do you want me to give you that blocks the peace in my life? And now would you just give him that and sense his peace in exchange coming to you. Allow him to give you that peace in exchange. Just sit with it for a second more. Receive his peace. His spirit is here. He's with you now. This isn't just a mind game. Now, for some of you, you may want to stay there all day, but I'm going to interrupt. You can stay there all day when you go home, if you want. Um, You know, God wants us to experience his peace, his wholeness, his completeness. He doesn't want us to have to hide anything from him, not have any skeletons in our closet, but to be whole, complete. That's what peace is. He wants to make a wholeness in us of of his presence, of his very nature. He wants to resolve all the guilt, all the fear, all the worry, and take it and allow you to live a condemnation-free life. Now, I want to speak to a minute for a second for those of you who are here, you know, who may not have uh, made a decision to follow Jesus in your life. We're always uh, really try to be really respectful in all of our ways. We know it's your journey. We aren't here to twist your arm. We know you need to be convinced. But sometimes we're like Gideon, I think oftentimes we're like Gideon. We experience God and we experience his presence in an amazing way. And then we respond to it by saying, but why are things the way they are if there's really peace? Or why isn't everything resolved? And, and we kind of use those questions to, to dismiss the very real presence of God that's there at the time with us. You know, when I heard this last week, the 21 kids decided to... Uh, 
pray and ask Jesus to lead their life, I, I'm kind of ashamed to say my first, my first response was doubt. Are they really old enough? Did we just manipulate them? And no, we didn't manipulate them. We asked them if they wanted to come away from a game, I mean, to talk about God. It, it clearly was a, a non-pressure environment of inviting them to speak if they felt like God was leading them and wanting them to do something. And, and I remembered for me a story that I think I've said one other time, but I'm going to tell you again. I was in second grade, maybe third grade. It's a long time ago, so I'm forgetting exactly which grade. I was living in Minnesota. It was a, a day where we were having a mild winter storm, and I was in my snowmobile suit, and I had my blue face mask on and my purple Minnesota prized, prized purple Minnesota Viking stocking cap on. It didn't really match, if you can tell. Blue and purple didn't really go together. But hey, it was small-town Minnesota. And I was trudging through the snow having a great time. I was, just, I was just enjoying being a kid. I was enjoying the, the weather, and I was on my way to this box that was along the side the main highway in town where they would drop the papers so I could pick them up and, and deliver them on my paper route. Having a good time. You know, the box was, the box was a big box, and it was, had a little straw on the bottom of it, so if it snowed or rained, the, the papers always stayed dry and were up. And I remember going there, and I... And I'm second, third grade, and I open the box and I look in, and there's just this powerful experience with God, so powerful that I can still see the inside of the box even as I've got my eyes open right now. I can just picture where the straw was and the texture of the inside of the box, and I can see the, the gas station here and the auto body shop right here in my mind and the road. I can just see it all. It was such, an, such a profound experience of God. And God said to me, you know what? Until you until you make the decision to allow me to be the leader of your life. Your peace is going to be as empty as this box and your life as meaningless as the straw. And even in the midst of having that confrontation from God, I, I sense this peace, this peace drawing me. It was this weird feeling of, of feeling confronted and feeling called out by God and yet, and yet this peace drawing me. I walked away from that because the papers weren't there and played a little more in the snow and delivered the papers, went home, had some hot chocolate, and for whatever reason, I never decided to surrender my life to God for another three or four years until I was in sixth grade. I was reading a story, or heard about a story this last week of Margaret Feinberg, an author. She was relating her experience as a child, and she grew up having lots of nightmares. And, uh, and at one point when she was a young child, she started deciding to read her Bible and pray. She didn't come from, from, from a very faithful family to Christ. And she decided to start pursuing God and reading her Bible. And, and every time she would before she went to bed, she'd feel this, this warmth, as she described it, this, this sense of peace. And the nightmares went away. She too, like me, uh, walked away from that those experiences and decided to go on and, and not follow God for years. But, but it was the peace of God, those experiences that later drew us back. These kids have genuine experiences with God. And, and I think that many of you here, even if you're unsure of your faith, have had those experiences that you have clouded with the questions. I clouded him with questions. I was a PK. If, if following you is so good, then, then why are some church people so mean sometimes? Those are my questions. What are your questions that cloud that? Can you get past those, those questions and, and remember the peace of God, the wholeness that he wants to bring you? 
I want to invite you to seek Jesus. And, and, and we're not going to force you. We want you to make a decision when you're ready. But if you know that that's the next decision you need to make to surrender your life to the leadership of Jesus, I encourage you to make it sooner rather than later. Today, if possible. Make it in your own time. Be sure it's a big decision. But make the decision to follow him. Because his peace is personal. It's about his presence. It's not about something we do to find it. It's not about an activity. It's not about an absence of conflict. It's something of experiencing his nature. Would you just join us in a part of a song and then we'll close. God's peace is so amazing, it does make you have a loss for words. If you're here today and you're a person who uh, has made the decision to follow Christ and not been baptized, uh, or if you made it today, baptism is a good, right, godly next step for you to do. I want to invite you to join us for lunch after this service to talk about that more, talk about your decision today. Um, and I want to close with something that was, uh, it's, it's got a fond memory for me from growing up. We always used to have benedictions and services when I was growing up. And, and this text was often the text for that. It's from number six. And it says, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, which they're the priests, they're the religious leaders of the day and his sons. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you. Turn his face toward you. Can you picture that? And give you peace. And we always stop there. But the next verse says, So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. It's basically saying, I want you to experience who I am, my name. My very essence, I want to be personal to you and give you peace and all that. Peace be with you. Have a great week, Quest. If you would like somebody to pray, just grab somebody around here. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week.